0: there's a siren on the loose I just heard it but I waited for it to stop the thing is that once once it's out you know you can't trust it it can start again any any second all right well, we'll hope for the best hopefully the siren guy won't be so trigger happy friends let's do it well Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Chav Vav, Mesechta Eruvin. 26. Can't be too bad. Well, I'll leave that to you to determine. um We begin with talking about adding a residential space to an existing Karpav to try to like make it kind of residentially, right? You have a Karpav that's larger than a base Hasayim that is not um, set aside for living space. So, uh, it's too big. But what if you build like a residential space, Darton So, can you now carry in this Karpov as sort of a residential kind of area? Um, we saw the, we saw Rabbi Eli had this opinion in the Mishnah that uh, he that he alleged that according to Rabbi Eliezer, a Karpov can even be the size of a core. We're going to briefly discuss that. And then... We are going to discuss that situation that also came up in the Mishnah um, from Rabbi Eli, which is that, um, you know, the situation where you have uh, like five people, let's say, in a chatzar, and one of, when they went to make the uh, Eruv, one of them was hanging out at the mikveh, so he couldn't join them. So what can you do to enable everybody to be able to carry that chotzer even without the mikveh man? All right. Let us begin on four lines to the bottom. I hope I pronounced that right. There's a certain... Wait, what, how did the art school define Avvarnaka? um arbor, okay? There was an arbor. Y'all know what an arbor is, right? Wrong. There must be somebody who doesn't know what an arbor is. I didn't know what an arbor is. What can I tell you? So there's a diagram, said, on... Uh, twenty five b two that shows kind of what the situation is. Basically, you have this house and you have um, this big Karpo outside the house. Now this Karpooff is larger than a base Sa'im and it was um, not hukuf Ladira, okay? So basically you cannot carry in this Karpof, but you want to be able to carry in the Karpof. Now in this Karpooff, apparently very fancy people, such as the race Galusa, they would have this tree in their Karpos, like a uh, very shady tree. And then when it's hot outside, um, you know, this was this was, of course, before air conditioning. So they would have different hacks to try to keep themselves cool. And one of these included having a tree in their backyard that they could sit under. Now, the thing is, you can't actually carry in this carpov because it's too big and it's not for residential space. So what they wanted to do is they put up like this, these kind of like temporary walls around this tree area so that they would be able to hang out under the tree on Shabbos. This is what we're talking about. So, So, In his orchard, in this karpaf that was behind his house, so he had this tree that they would sit under when it was hot out in order to cool down. So, now. So the Reish Galusa requested Rav Huna Bar and um, the Reish Galusa said, "Hey, Rav Huna Bar can you make sure that we'll be able to, you know, carry things from our house to this tree area so we can hang out there tomorrow on Shabbos?" This was this conversation was happening on Friday. So Rav Huna Bar kind of played it safe, and what did he do? So, so what he did was, as you can see in the diagram. He basically put up a bunch of, like, beams that were each uh, less than three tfachim away from each other. Essentially, he built a wall. And certainly within that wall, you'll be able to carry from the house and, and you know, un- under the tree, it's all enclosed, and that would be fine. Also, rava shalfinu. Rava then thought that this was completely extra, that there was no halachic sense in building this wall. And he took down all these poles, right? He, took, he basically deconstructed this thing that Rofunu Barchinina said, because his opinion was you don't need it. Meaning you have this karpaf, and you built these walls around this tree, these temporary walls around this tree, so you can hang out there. That's enough to make it a residential space. You don't need all these little pillars that Rofunu Barchinina put up, so that you'll be able to carry from the house to that get to that space. Okay. Also, Papa. Rav Bray Drav Yoshua, Naktinu and then the final straw was that Rav Papa and Rav the Rav Yoshua went and they took these beams that Rava kind of took out of the ground and they cleared them away so that they were like mamish completely gone. So Rava dismantled Rav Huna work, Rav Papa and Rav Rav Yoshua now came and dragged away these poles, so all of, ooh, Ravunabrakhan's work was 100 percent completely undone <laughs> by Rava and his students, Rav Papa and Ufunubred of Yoshua, which is cool because there's a Rashi there, three lines into the widest lines of Rashi, it says, But also the Rava, Papa, Right? So um, we see that Rav Papa and Ufunabrede of Yoshua were students of Rava. Um, I always like that stuff, kinda puts things another piece kind of falls into place of who was a student of who. Okay. Now, so basically, what do we see so far? So we have this Karpath, Shalohu Ladira, and it was bigger than a Beisah Asayim, so you cannot carry there. But then they built this temporary space around this tree. They kind of put up these temporary walls around this tree so that you can hang out under the tree. Now, this is not talking about Rufuna barchinunas lovewood walls that were to no, know, right? Meaning, you have the Karpath. Inside the Karpath, there's this tree. They have these kind of temporary walls that they would put up, or even, I don't know if they were necessarily temporary. Did they have to be temporary? I don't know they necessarily had to be temporary. They could have just been walls, that, right, that you put around this tree. Um, so you could sit under this tree. The question is, you can't actually carry in the pap because it is larger than a base asaim and it was low kafladira. So you can't carry in the Karpaf. So how do you kind of get all your food from the house to get under the tree? So, um, basically constructed walls from the house to the tree so that you can carry from the house to the tree. Whereas, um, Rava's opinion was that actually, by building these walls around this tree, so you can hang out there, that was enough to make the karpaf a residential space, and now you can carry in the entire karpaf. Fine. Now the next day on Shabbos, when it was too late to actually fix anything, Ravina said to Rava, "So Ravina said, look, Rava, there's a brisa that says." that if you have a new city, which we're going to define what that means in a minute, so then we measure in terms of Tchum Shabbos, in terms of having 2,000 Amas to be able to walk outside of the city on Shabbos, we define that by its houses, not by its walls. Whereas in older city, we um, measure the 2,000 Amas from its walls, not from its houses. What's considered a new city that we measure from the houses and what's considered an old city that we measure from the walls? Khadasha <laughs> Yashva. So Khadasha is a city that the wall pre-existed the houses. And we're saying that in that case, it doesn't that we don't measure by the wall, we measure by the houses that are inside the wall. Yashva Livasofah Yashana Yashra Kafa and an old um, city is one that the houses preceded the um, walls. And in that case, we measure based on the walls. And this Karpaf, that they then built the wall around this tree, is like ashva. What do we see? So we have a b'risa. And the b'risa says that when you have a, an area enclosed by a wall, and then you build a bunch of houses in there. So we measure, we don't, so the wall is insignificant. We measure the trumshabis. Shabbos from the houses that were built afterwards and there's no significance to the wall and we see that in a so what Ravina is asking against rava is that this karpaf should just be like that city i.e in this karpaf it was first hukaf Shalola dira and it's more than a besa Asaim. so it's too big it's a karpaf that you can't carry in after the fact then we built this area around this tree so you can hang out there for residential space, but that has no bearings on the giving significance to the wall. And the wall, just like it was, the and therefore you're not allowed to carry in the Karpath. So putting up this residential space inside the Karpath gives no extra significance to the walls and you still can't carry in this Karpath. So it's not going to be like a situation of like, you know, you put up these walls now, the Shem Dira, uh, the, the shame Dira. No, there's no significance to these walls. Just like in the city, that first there was the wall and then the houses came later, there's no significance to the, to the walls and you would measure from the houses. So therefore, the Kasha against Rava is, so it would seem from this Brisa, that putting up this wall around, you know, creating this residential space around this tree had no effect in making this Karpaf a residential space and therefore, you're not allowed to carry in the Karpaf and therefore, Rufuna Bar was correct in putting up these walls to be able to carry from the house to this residential tree space. popular Rava. Now, Rav Papa. Now, interestingly, Rav Papa and Rav Hunabred of Yeshua were the ones who kind of did the like the final task after Rava dismantled these beams. They then cleared them away. Now, interestingly, Rava. Uh, so, Rav Papa and then Rav Hunabred of Yeshua are each asking, actually going to now question Rav's, uh if Rava was really correct in doing what he did, even though they were seemed to have been on board the previous day when they cleared away these beams. So of um, the Rav Papa, the Ravos. Now Rav Papa asked against Rav. But Amma, um, Ravasi didn't Rav, Rav Asi say, now I assume that this is Rav Asi, the Amora from Bavel, who was the Talmud Chover of uh, Rav. Mechitza's Adrachalin, Loshma Mechitsa. That if you have workers, and the workers put up this um wall, like a temporary wall, just so that they can, uh, you know, get some uh, respite from the sun. So Alma came to the Tseniusa Avida, so since they're making this wall, just Litsnius, they're making this wall just so that they can, you know, be hide from the sun. So it's not a real wall. So here also, this wall that they make around this uh, tree for shade, it's not really a good machitza and it's not, you know, going to be significant in trying to define this karpaf as a residential space. Of and said the That a wall that you put up in order to put things down in that space is not considered a significant wall. Because Rabba Baavua would make an Eruv in the entire mechosa, every neighborhood, right, neighborhood by neighborhood. So it's interesting that bar, you know, we always uh, talk about Rava in the context of mechosa. Now we're seeing that Ravavar Avua was also connected to Mechosa. Ravavar Avua was an earlier Amora, right? Often Rav Nachman quoting Ravavar Avua. Now we're seeing Rav quote Ravavar Avua. So he was earlier than Rava, and I guess he already had a connection to mechosa. So maybe Rava wasn't really the first one there in mechosa. But anyways... And then we see that Rav, that Rav, 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 Rav uh, Papa and Ravunibai David were also students of Rava. Maybe, like maybe this was all going down in Mechosa. Maybe there was a lot going on there in Mechosa. Anyways, so uh, where was I? Right. So what is this case? So here uh, it, it helps look at the diagram over here on twenty six A one. So you can see all those houses there. That all those houses represent Mechosa. And what's interesting about this um, setup is that. The way that all the houses are constructed with the chatzers and the walls around them, essentially, mechosa is a walled city. Meaning, there's not really like a wall around it, but 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 by default, you have all these chatzers, the chatzers are next to each other, there's walls surrounding the entire city. So you might think that you should be able to make like one Eruv for the entire city. But Rabbi Barabuah actually would say that, no, you cannot make an Eruv for the entire city because it's not considered fully enclosed. And rather, each um, little chatzer needs to make their own Eruv. How come? Because if you look close at the diagram, um, you know, there are these large kind of roads in Mechosa that go from east to west and they would have food in, for animals in those roads. They would like kind of dig out space and then they would fill it with like date pits and stuff and then the animals would eat, um, that. So because those areas were really just for, um, like, putting date pits there, so the walls that enclose them are not considered significant walls. And therefore, the wall of this, the wall surrounding Mechosa, where it's really just enclosing the area where there was food, so there were, where they would like put down food over there, so that was not considered a significant wall, and therefore, Rabbi Bar of Wood did not consider Mechosa to be completely uh, enclosed, and that's why he said that every chazor had to make their own Eruve chazeres. So, says the Gemara, and these, um, the, you know, the, these places where they would put down food for the animals is basically, um, an area that you're putting things down in. And also, and we're saying what the, the, the walls are insignificant. And here also, by under this tree, this is essentially an area where they would like put things down over there. Rashi said something but they would take off their clothing over there. I don't know, maybe. I I, I don't know. Maybe they wear shorts and t-shirts. Maybe they wear uh, bopkis. I I, I don't know. But uh, whatever it is, it was a place where they would put things, Darian. And um, therefore, it's not a significant wall. All right. No. So, to recap, what did we just see? We saw that there was a karepah. Now this karepah was not carryable. Now in the karepah there was this tree. They built this little enclosure around the tree. The question is, can you carry in this karepah on account of that enclosure? Rafuna um, Barchinana um, assumed it not and therefore he built some kind of wall from the Reish Gulusus house to get to the tree. And Rava disagreed and he actually dismantled this wall. Then we have three kashas on Rava, One from Ravina, one from Rav Papa, and one from, from Rafuna Huna Rav Yoshua. All of them claiming that the wall around this tree is not going to be enough to allow you to carry in this Karpav. Okay, fine. So now, Ravun, <laughs> so, so, so. Um, the Reish Galusa said about Rav Pop and Rav and, and Rav Breda of Yoshua who the previous day kind of supported Rava and moved away these beams that Rava dismantled. And then all of a sudden on Shabbos when it's too late to actually fix anything, all of a sudden they start coming up with proofs why Rava is actually wrong. And now the Reish Galusa can't bring out his food for his lunch. And he says, he quotes the positive of Chachomim Haim they're very smart when it comes to, to 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 make a mess, but they don't know how to actually do anything good. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, also, by the way, it's very interesting the reaction of the Reish Galusa when it's Rava versus when it was uh, Rav Sheshis and his um, or is 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 attendant. What was the name? Rav Gada. That uh, remember with Rav Sheshis and Rav Nachman. So there was. No, um, was it with and Rav Nachman? No, it was with and somebody else. I don't remember who it was. But basically, um, it had to do with with the uh, um, what was it called? The tzuras um, haPesach, do the walls have to reach up to the tzuras haPesach? And Rav Sheshes felt that that um, that uh, they did, and therefore he dismantled the rage Galusa's kind of like tzuras haPesach, and then they threw his attendant in jail. But over here, the Reish Galusa doesn't seem to be too upset with uh, Rav. Amr bilay course So said in the Mishnah that he had heard from Rebbeli'ezer that that a um, Karpov can even be the size of a base core. Now, of course, we know by now that a base core is 30 Chananya. Well, this would be not like chananya. Hananya. Chananya says that actually, the, um, he heard from Rebbe Le'ezer that the Karpov can even be 40 sa. Okay, not just 30. Rabbi B'yachon said, and they're both learning it out from the same Pasuk. Shneemar says by Ishayahu, when he went to, after he went to visit Chizkiyahu, <speaking in Hebrew> by that it was, you know, before, Yishayahu um, even reached the middle Chatzer, <speaking in Hebrew> then God already said that Chizkiyahu <speaking in Hebrew> had been healed. <speaking in Hebrew> so it's actually written in the, in, in the Tanakh, it says Ha'ir, the city, but we read it, Chatzer. What's the deal? What's the relationship between city and chatzer? benonios. So we see from here that the courtyards of the palaces of the kings were like the size of a um, mid-sized city. Havion. Um, where am I? Well, I was benonios, fine. So my k'amifugi, okay, and what's the between... Um, Rabbi Eli and Hanania regarding this pasuk. So my sovereign Iyaruz benoniyo sahaviyon beis my mem sahaviyon. Okay. That basically Rabbi Eli from this Pasek figured okay well these Khatseris uh, were the size of a small city and small cities were um 30 sah whereas Hanania holds that these small cities were 40 sah. Okay. Very nice. Mishayahu my boy awesome. The question is why was Mishayahu in this back chatser? If he was going to the uh, palace of Chizkia. So mostama, he would go through the front chazer. Why is he going through this back chazer? So Rabbi So it teaches that that Chizkia got sick. So what did Yishayahu do? Well, he wanted to create good vibes so that Chizkia should get healed. So he set up a yeshiva in the backyard of the palace um, to create kind of good energy so that Chizkia should get healed. So we see that if a Tamil Chacham gets sick, you should set up a yeshiva right outside um, wherever he's sick. The gemara says, yeah, but that's actually not true. Because we're concerned that actually if you set up a yeshiva over there, well, then the satan might get, you know, might, what's it called? Really hold, uh, dig himself in, in his determination to kill the Tamul Chacham. Right? Meaning if he sees you studying Torah, he's going to make him more brazen. He says, oh yeah, you think that you can just beat me with a little bit of Torah? And then he's going to really try to kill this fellow, this Tamar Chacham. So therefore, better to just kind of like keep things on the DL and maybe just study in your yeshiva with Kavana to send good vibes towards the sick Tamar Chacham. Okay. Rashi says that the, uh, uh, what does he say? He says that uh, the Satan is the Malach ha-moves. Oy vavoy. Let's move on. So Rabbi Eli had said in the Mishnah that he heard from Rabbi Eliezer that if you have a, a bunch of people that live in one Chatser, right? Let's say five fellows and they live in a Chatser and, okay, so there are five homes in the Chatser that open them to the Chatser, fine. Now they all it's erev Shabbos right before Shabbos and they say okay Hever, let's go make this erev echatzeris and one of them cannot be found so the Gemara says I think the lashon of Shachach he forgot so one of them forgot and he didn't join in the erev so now what do you do so on the one hand you can't carry in this chatzer because in order to be able to carry it right the chatzer is jointly owned by all of them. Right, everyone has their own rights to the chutz. There's five houses. Each homeowner is allowed to use the chutz. So therefore, you can't carry in the chutz. So the solution, of course, is to make an eruv. They all join together and say, "Okay, we all jointly own this chutz." And since we all jointly own this chutz, so then we're, you know, it belongs to all of us um, as a collective, and we can now carry it from our houses into the khatzer. it's 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 no problem. However, one of these guys is not included. So now, basically, you have. The chotzer is really owned by two parties now. The four part, the four houses that they all joined together. But then there's this other guy who didn't join together with them. And because, um, this chotzer is now owned by essentially two parties, so now nobody can carry in the chotzer. So what they do is, so the guy who forgot and wasn't included in the Eruv, he could be mavatel his rights to the chotzer and say, you know what? I don't have any rights to this chotzer. In which case, he no longer has any Right, to the Chatser, doesn't have any part in the Chatser. And the Chatser now is 100% owned by this conglomerate, by this group of of the four people who came together. And they can all carry to and from their houses and into the Chatser and into each other's houses because they're all kind of jointly owned. And now Rabbi Ilahi had said in the Mishnah that not only can they carry to each other's houses and into the Chatser, they can even carry from the Chatser into this other fellow's house, the fellow who was not included in the heir of was Muvatil, rights to the Chatser, they can even carry from the Chatser into his house, just that he can't carry from his house into the Chatser and vice versa. But he can even carry, you know, in the Chatser, he can carry because he has his, his rights over there, just like a guest would be allowed to carry in the Chatser or from their houses, between the houses, right? This fellow has, has every right as a guest would have. Just he can't carry between his house and the Chatser because that would show that he's like taking ownership of his house. And um, he said he was Muvatel. At least this Chatser, the question is how do we relate to the house? So Rabbi Eli is quoting the name of Rabbi Eliezer that everybody else would be allowed to carry from the Chatser into this fellow's house. But this fellow cannot carry from his house into the Chatser. Fine. We learn in the Mishnah, but we have a Mishnah that comes up later on that says that actually this fellow's house, he cannot carry from it into the Chatser and vice versa, but also the other people cannot carry from the Chatser into his house and, and and from his house into the Chatser. So in the Mishnah, we seem to be saying that Rabbi Eli is quoting Rabbi Eliezer as saying that everybody would be able to carry from the Chatser into this fellow's house. Yet we have a Mishnah later, later on that's saying that this fellow's house is off limits. They can all carry... Between everybody else's houses, between their houses and the chotzer, all of that's fine, but this fellow's house is off limits. So, Amr of of Yoshua, Amr of Sheishes, Lokasha. of So, it says of Hunabred of Yoshua in the name of Ab that it's no problem. It's easy to answer. Our Mishnah, of course, is a realite quoting Rabbi whereas the later Mishnah, which says that this fellow's house is completely off limits, so then, that is the Chachamim's opinion. Okay, fine. And the point is that according to Rabbi Eliezer, when this fellow, let's just call him Ruven, so we don't have to call him this fellow. So when Ruven is Mivatel, his rights to the Chatzir, right? He has all of his other friends who, right, who are, who live in the Chatzir with him. Now, he forgot and didn't join with them in the Eru. So he, now, on Shabbos, is Mivatel his rights to the Chatzir. Right He says that he doesn't he doesn't have you know he relinquishes any rights that he has to the Hozer, and he could still use it, but any sort of ownership that he has of the hotsar, he relinquishes that ownership and therefore now the hotzer is completely owned by everybody else who joined together in the to to to, to jointly own this hotzer and the houses and everything. So now um, they can all carry between the houses and the hotzer and everything. Now, according to the Yezer, when Ruven is Muvatel's rights to the Chatur, he's also Mavatil the rights to his house. And because he's also Mavatil the rights to his house, so everybody can also, not only can they carry in the Chatur, they can also carry things in and out of his house. The only thing is that he wouldn't be able to carry things in and out of his house, because by carrying things in and out of his house, he's kind of showing a sense of ownership. And he said that after all, that he's Muvatel house. So therefore, we don't want him carrying things in and out of his house. But everybody else, since he was mavato not only his chatser, but also his house. So therefore, everybody else can carry it from their houses and the chatser to each other's houses and including this fellow's house. But the rabbanon, shus which is Whereas the rabbis say that, no. When Reuven is Mavato's rights to the chatser, he's Mavato's rights to the chatser, but that's it. He retains his rights to his house. He, right, that's not what he includes. He doesn't include his house. And therefore... Um, if he didn't include his house, so while everybody else can now carry in the Chatser because he was Mavatal, his rights to the Chatser So only the conglomerate that everybody else that came together now fully owns the Chatser But he keeps, he, he doesn't include his house That's his, his intention is not to include his house And therefore they cannot carry into his house because they don't jointly own his house And he also cannot carry from his house into the Chatser because um, it's, it's going from something owned by him to something owned by this conglomerate Fine so, Pshita, so the Gemara says, well, this is obvious, meaning the reason why, um, Rabbi Yezir says that, 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 they can even carry into his house is because, uh, he's Mavato also his house, and the reason why, according you cannot carry into his house is because he's not Mavato his house. Amr Rachba says, Rachba, ta'gimna. So Rachba says, look, I and Ravuna Barchinana can explain to you what exactly is going on with this explanation of Rabbi Liazzer and the Chacham and why it's significant. So what it's needed for is for when you have five people that live together in a chotzer. Okay, and one of them forgot and did not join them in in the erev. So now according to Rabbi Liazzer, who kind of understands the kavana. Of this person who is mevatel is more liberally, and assumes that it also includes his house. Well, mevatel rishuso and l'cholechad So when he's mevatel his rishus, he doesn't then he doesn't have to go to each and every one of the remaining four people and tell them individually, "I'm mevatel my rishus," because it's understood that just like when he's mevatel rishus to the chutzim, he's also mevatel rishus to his house. So. Also, when he's Mavatil, when he tells one of the people that he's Mavatil, he doesn't have to then go and tell everybody else that he's all, that he's being Mavatil, because it's assumed that he's Mavatil to everybody. Whereas the Rabbanon, but according to the Rabbanon, who say that when he's Mavatil Roshas to his Chatzur, that's all, to the Chatzur, that's why he's Mavatil. He's not Mavatil just to his house, so we see that you can't just assume, um, you know, whatever he's mean what we, we can only assume that He's mivato, whatever he said that he's Mavato, and he's not Mavato what he doesn't say is mivato, Well or whatever. When he's not Mavato anything else. That got confusing, right? It doesn't have to be. Basically you can only take what he says at face value, and therefore when he says that he's mivato is rishus to the Chatzer, so that's it he's not Mavato Rushus to his house. And also when he just says to one of the other people that he's being Muvatel the Rishus to the chotzer that doesn't necessarily uh, imply that he's Muvatel the Rishus to the other people. So he has to go around to every single person and say to them that he's being Muvatel the Rishus to his chotzer, Right, so Kshu Muvatel the Rishus, so Tzarek Luvatel the he has to tell every single person. And that is the significance of Ravunaveda Unavred of Yeshua and Rav explanation of saying that, uh, according to Rabbi he implicitly is also mevatal which his house whereas according to the is not there's also an Afgham in terms of do you, does he have to be mevatal with every single person in the Chatzor individually or is it enough to be mevatal to one person and that assumes that he's being mevatal to the whole Chatzor fine so the Gemara now says like who is the following if you have five fellows who live in a Chatzor together V'shachach echad men v'lo erev and one of them forgot and did not join in the erev to when his mivato is rishus he does not have to mivato rishus to each one individually he could just mivato to one and that implies you know that it, that it applies to everybody so k'man k'ribi el that is like k'ribi el rav kahana masniachi rav taviomi masniachi so rav kahana teaches this brisa in the way that we just read it rav taviomi teaches it very slightly differently which is. Kiman, Azla, Adetanya, like, who does the following price go? Heishesh, Shriyim, Bechatzer, Echad, you have five people who live in one chatzer. Vesacha, Chachembeyan, below Erev, and one of them forgot and didn't trend in the Erev. When he's mavatal, his Veshus, he doesn't have to be individually Mavatel to every single person. Kiman, who's it like? So instead of saying, that it's like a Belieazer, it says something slightly different, which is Amr Ravhuna bar youhuda, amr of Shash's command Kribeliazer. That it's Revhuna Bar Jehuda in the name of Ravshesh said it's like Ribeliasar. Okay. But you know, the uh, net result remains the same. Viter. Um the Rapapala Abai. Ravpapa asakasha to abay. There are be Iliazer. So according to Abelieasar, e omar lomivatilna. If he says I, if he says explicitly, I am not mevatil my house. My. And according to the Rabbis, if he says explicitly, I am mevatil my house, what? Right? Because we said that according to the Ezer, by being mevatil roshus to his he's implicitly being mevatil roshus to his house. According to the Chachamim, he's only being mevatil roshus to the but not the house. So, we want to know, what if they were explicit? What if... Uh, according to Rabbi Eliezer, he specifically said, "Look, I'm being mavato my rishus to the but not to my house." Or what about according to the Chum, if he explicitly says, "I am being mavato rishus to my house," so do we say time of Rabbi Eliezer, "Mishum dekasaver, I'm rishus chatero, rishus beso Do we say that the reason for Rabbi Eliezer is because we're assuming that the assumption is? That if somebody's Mavatoh to his chazar, so he's Mistama also being Mavatoh to his house. And this fellow is saying explicitly, I'm not being Mavatoh Shust to my house. So if he was explicitly said, he's not being Mavatoh to his house. He's not being Mavatoh Shust to his house. Okay, we can no longer, you know, imply that he was, that, that, that he's also being Mavatoh Shust to his house because he specifically said that he's not. Odilma, or maybe the reason for abed is, is different. It doesn't make sense for a person to live in a house without any rights to a Chatser. And therefore, it wouldn't make any... You know, if he says that he's mevatel, it's the Chatser. Well, then, you know, Memele is also mevatel, it's his house because people don't live in a house without access to a Chatser. And therefore, v'chika, amr lo And then when he says that, well, I'm not being mevatel, it's just my house and I'm maintaining it, it's my house. We say... You can't do that. There's no such thing as Rishus to a house without Rishus to a that It's not in his power to be able to do that. Even though he says, look, I'm still staying in my house, I'm keeping Rishus to my house, ownership of my house. He's not saying anything. So that's the question according to Rebbe That's what a papa is asking about it. That according to Rebbe um, you know, if a person specifically says, I'm maintaining right, you know, the ownership of my house, so just not the chazir, can he do that or not? Will the Rabbanan? And then the inverse is according to the Rabbanan. If he says, look, I'm being the Vato, the rights to my house. My. What do we say? Do we say, time, uh, the Rabbanan, which is based on low detail? Do we say, look, you know, it's an assumption that we're making. That the Chacham assume that if a person is being Mavato or just to his خطر, That is limited to his Chatser. It doesn't have any implications for his house. He remains ownership over his house. Ha- he retains ownership over his house. And this fellow says, look, I'm being mavato the ownership to my house. So he can do that. We can no longer just assume that he's not relinquishing ownership of his house. He said he is. O Dilma, or perhaps, Abbanan, Ovid Inish, masalik Nafsheh Ligamah Mibayiz Or, maybe we could say, look, it doesn't make sense for a person to, you know, or a person doesn't generally relinquish ownership, like completely relinquish all of his ownership in the Chatser. Not only just to the courtyard, but also to his house. A person's not going to completely walk away from all of his ownership. And be a guest in them. And therefore, this fellow, when he says, look, I want to also be my ownership, not just of the courtyard, but also of my house. So we say, you can't do that. People, you know, people, it's weird. People don't normally do that. People won't just completely walk away from all ownership of everything that they have in the schatzir. So, that's the, so that's our papa's kasha according to, so that's our papa's kasha to abaye. That according to Abeliezer, what happens if he explicitly says that he wants to retain ownership of his house? And what about according to the rabbin when he explicitly says that he wants to be Mvato ownership to his house? So I'm the rabbin and the came into Gali, died te Gali. So I answers, look, both according to Rabbi Eliezer and according to Abanan, if he explicitly says, well, you know, that he does or does not want to retain um, ownership of his house, well, then whatever he says goes. So, there you go. So, basically, the idea is that according to Rabbi Eliezer and the Chacham, it's an assumption that we're making. That if he only says that he's Mavatar, just his خصر, what can we assume about his house? According to Rabbi Eliezer, we can assume that his house is also um, he's Mevatel. According you cannot assume that it's asking, but if he tells us what his intention is, well, then we go based on that. And says, um, Rabbi Eli, that I also heard from Rabbi Lezer that you can be Yotze mar with Arkablin, my Arkablin. What is this, um, Arkablin? So it says, Rishlakish, that it is some, this stuff that grows around a palm tree, and I guess it's bitter, and you can use it for a on Pesach. Uh, we will come back to you at Perak Osin We have learned two prakim of Masechta Erevin um, It's pretty awesome I think that there are 10 prakim of Masechta Erevin So uh, based on that we're about 20% of the way through but also based on pages we're about 20% of the way through which is pretty cool um, Let's do a review So uh, Erevin daf Chaf vav So we started off with adding a res- residential space to an existing kharpav So right This was in the context of that tree in the Karpaf of the Reish in the orchard of the Reish that had like this wall around it. So Rav um Barchinina says that, you, you know, you can't carry in the Karpaf and therefore he constructed this uh, wall essentially from the uh, Reish galusa to the tree. Rav Papa said, uh, I'm sorry, Rava dismantled the wall because he felt that by putting up the wall around the tree was enough to make it a, res- a residential Karpaf and you can carry over there. And then we had three Braisas brought against um, um, Rava, right? Ravina said that when you have a new city, so then the um talmshavus uh, is measured based on the houses. I.e., when you initially had a wall there, and then you put up houses, the wall is insignificant. You go based on the houses. here so also, you had the carpath, and then you put up the the area around the tree. That doesn't make a difference. You still can't carry in the carpath. And Rav Puppet says that. Um, based on the fact that when you have an area for workers that is just there to get shade from the sun, it's not considered a real area, a real wall. So here also, um, this is just to get shade, and it's not going to be a real wall, and it doesn't have effects on converting this, uh, space into a residential space. And Rufunabed of Yoshua says that, um, you know, based on like Rabbi Baravu and Mechosa, that when you have a wall that's enclosing, a, a space that you're just storing things there, like the food in, in Mechosa for the animals, so, that is not a real wall. And here also, they're just like, put their clothes and stuff over there. So, um, that wouldn't really be considered a real wall. And, um, it would not be enough to convert this space into a residential space. We talked about the size of a carpa, for quantity of the ezer. Rabbi Eli, um, seems to think that it is up to 30 sa, up to a base core. Hanani says it could be 40 sa. It says, they both learned it out from the Pasuk by Yeshayaw. And, and then we talked about being Mavato rishus. Um, on Shabbos, right? This this guy who forgot to join in the Arab, so now he wants to allow everybody else to carry, so he's mevatal his rights to the Chatserah. The question is, does that also apply to his home with the Naft being? Can other people carry also into his house? So, right, let's say he's hosting lunch. Can people bring over stuff and bring it to his house? Rebbe Ezra says, sure, no problem. They can bring in it into his house because when his is to his access to the Chatserah, he's also mevatal ac- to his ownership of his house. Uh, whereas the Chacham say no. What he says, he says. What he doesn't say, he doesn't say. Therefore, if he's Mivatal's uh, ownership of the Chatzar, that says ownership for the Chatzar, but not for his house. Um, and then we say that if he explicitly, however, says that he does or does not want to retain um, ownership of the house, well, then we just go based on what he says. Chavra, that was Daf chavav and Masech uh, Irvin. I hope you enjoyed it very much. Have a great day, night, whatever, peace.